and welcome to Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Michael Tabor. And I'm Zachary Allard. And Michael, we have a very special guest. The specialist of guests. <laughs> Michael, who do we? Who is that? So, Brianna, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Brianna. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep it simple. Uh, no, I. she came to me... Because I was a young senator and she needed some assistance, so I betted her. <laughs> oh, Lord. That is definitely not what happened. Brianna, how would you describe our relationship? Married. <laughs> <laughs> how would the U.S. government describe our relationship? Yeah. yeah. Just stick it to the facts, I see. <laughs> For tax purposes. <laughs> Uh, so we're here today because shitty Christians like to stay on the cutting edge of the discourse. So we're here to talk about 2015's most important topic, Hamilton the Musical. Hey, it just started streaming on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. No, there are reasons. Uh, so we're talking about this uh, in part because we wanted to, uh, and in part because all three of us had a chance to experience Hamilton in some ways. Uh, Unfortunately. Brianna with Brianna the Brianna has to say, getting, into, uh, getting a little ahead of herself, I can tell. Yeah, I think, I think what was interesting about this is that we all encountered it and we all came away with like slightly different reactions to it. Brianna, before the past couple nights, what was your experience with Hamilton? Oh boy. Um, you guys talking about it? And then me having to I can to neither listen. confirm nor deny these reports. I heard <laughs> some of the songs and was like, meh. And uh-huh, I've heard uh-huh. people talk about this as a big thing. It, it was definitively a thing. So yet another piece of media I have subjected you to. Exactly. Zach, what's your experience with Hamilton? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was an early adopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach's entire wardrobe is just Hamilton t- t-shirts. And he constantly is walking around talking about shots throwing them away not throwing away where he stands vis-a-vis the throwing of shots <laughs> you know in 2016 when hamilton sort of took off it was obviously around it was a different time it was a different time i uh listened to the soundtrack quite a bit when it came out is that right i did quite a bit really it was more than quite a bit brianna you had your time <laughs> <laughs> brianna please respect the other hey, podcast hey. guests <laughs> Just really enjoyed the soundtrack, thought slaps. There's some banging songs on there, and I was just kind of into it. You Hamilton apologist, you. And then I probably fell off of it for a while, and then... Uh, In 2019. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two months ago, and now it is back on streaming, and I've watched it uh, one and a half-ish time since then. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so Aww. if Brianna is the hater and Zach is the apologist, I would describe myself as like the, the Hamilton... Crier. <laughs> I would describe myself as the Hamilton skeptic. Uh, mm. I did, I believe, listen to the entire soundtrack around the time that it released. And then just in the past week, you know, it's out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's around the I, discourse. I, I am a good follower of Disney. You know, we've, <laughs> t- we've talked about this, how I support everything they do. We're big fans of Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. a baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's what brought us. This is a pro baby sure. Yoda podcast. Yeah, uh, my baby Yoda face tattoo. That's uh, that's our first uh, premium episode. It's just me getting that tattoo. Uh, no, and so we we sat down, me and Brianna, a couple nights ago to like check this out and uh, <laughs> get I think with we it. We made it about fifteen minutes in before Brianna, as I recall, was like, "I I can't," <laughs> and we had to turn it off. I Brianna, really couldn't. What was that experience like for you? 
Okay, first off, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most beloved, like, moments in art in the past few years. (laughs) Look, I'd much rather be watching The Office for the zillionth time. (laughs) Okay, okay, Brianna, though, like... That can't possibly be the standard. That's true of every piece of media. That's that's the standard. I'm You're sorry. like watching The Office, but you would rather be watching The Office on two screens. I mean, speaking of quality True. art with problematic politics that doesn't stand up as well in 2020, The Office. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Michael Scott is beloved. Uh, we are all members of Scott's Tots so, here, so- it, but we done, we made good. I want to say we did make it to college. We clearly did not it make good. It was fine. Zachary, Zachary, we have a podcast. We did not make good. So, Brianna, describe why it was terrible. What was your experience like? What did you What did you love? More importantly, what did you hate? Oh, I hated all of it. <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. The beginning number, which, as I recall, is called Alexander Hamilton. Yes. The first opening song is just all about him pulling himself up from his bootstraps of the slave trade. Yeah, well, I mean, specifically, it does not acknowledge the slave trade. Yeah, but it's there. (laughs) Come on now. We all know what this means. It is an intensely bootstrappy opening number. Yeah, and I'm just like, gag me. Brianna canceling the Godfather as well. (laughs) Uh, Look, I'll cancel anything. Brianna, he was just like his country. He was young, scrappy, and hungry. (laughs) I'm over white men being young, scrappy, and hungry. Hey, Lin-Manuel Miranda would not consider himself white. (laughs) So yeah, I you immediately were just like, what is this shit? Uh, so we made it a little farther and really was just not enjoying it at all. More of the same. You weren't you weren't moved? No, and he obviously fucked Angelica. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Angelica truther pod. Yeah, the, we we are the the QAnon of uh Hamilton. Yeah, they like had this whole relationship and like they were obviously together, but he marries the other sister because I don't know, it works. Okay, so Brianna, you weren't feeling it. I think I think my perception from the outside was just that like, Brianna, you were too real for Hamilton. Like your, your great musical loves are like hip hop and punk and you were just not here for this like, what would you even call it? Like I would call it the schoolhouse rockification of hip hop as many others have, but like that is genuinely a disservice to schoolhouse rock, which has infinitely more swag than Hamilton Hamilton could ever. Yeah, I mean, to. I mean, what it is, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a Broadway musical, you know, and its best numbers mm-hmm. are just typical sort of like musical numbers singing. Yeah. So not to be dissuaded uh, from my wife's good taste, <laughs> the next day at work, I ended up listening to the entire musical again. Sure, of course. As one does. Uh, when and- your wife hates something, you must engage with it <laughs> In <further>. secret. <laughs> <laughs> at work. Yeah, yeah. I know nothing. Uh, Hamilton is my Angelica. <laughs> and, and for whatever reason, maybe it's being an essential worker in the midst of a pandemic in a city that has been grossly impacted by it. Maybe it's, you know, the complete failure of all of me. American institutions, but mm-hmm. uh, it was an emotional day already. And as I was driving home, finishing uh, this musical, I just straight up cried. Uh, when he told me this, I really did not understand how and or why. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You always say that when I cry, though. That's not 
not true. You rarely cry with me. Uh, well, media is media's different. Michael's a media crier. If no, we're so gonna like, if we're gonna go down this rabbit no, hole, we should explain we're, we're it. We're talking about me crying because one, I, I do not. I'm not embarrassed to cry. I think it's good for people to cry. I think it's good for men to cry. Uh, I will say that I have maybe a strange relationship with crying, and that you I cry. That again. I cry like maybe three to four times a year due to my life. Uh, sure. Yeah, like, your life sucks. We my, all agree. My quarterly cry yeah. uh, from like things that are actually affecting me. But I will cry at the drop of a hat for a bad movie soundtrack. Yeah. Like when the when the strings swell. Jeremy Camp. Uh, or exactly. Or basically any worship song, no matter how it's. Yeah. See, I'm just a crier. I crying. Yeah. I'm crying right now. Yeah. That is. You true. can't even tell. But like, yeah. I have no, to I edit out a lot of sobs. <laughs> so funny. But for you, it really is like the mediated emotion. I, I was programmed. I yeah, was programmed from fault. a young age to be lame. <laughs> and, and I can't help the fact that I am just a corny motherfucker who cries at worship songs because I, that was ingrained in me. And I, I have to say, I see some similarities between a mediocre worship song and Hamilton the musical. Yeah. They're both belting for the cheap seats. They're both belting for the cheap seats. They're both they're both playing the same chords. Like yeah. They, there is a similarity of like the emotional buttons they are hitting. And then we we tried to watch a little bit more of it. Brianna, as you said, we made it a little over halfway into it before you finally and completely said, no, so I'm good. the second night, I had a revelation uh-huh. <laughs> that Lin-Manuel just used the Flowbots. Oh, this is true. You were like, why is this entire musical the Flowbots? And yeah. I genuinely got angry. And then I started thinking about how much I like the Flowbots as well. <laughs> I don't th- we don't need to get into the Flowbots discourse. It no, was perfect. We are, this yeah, is a Flowbots pod. We're here. Hello. Was- <laughs> like like Hamilton, the Flowbots are also good. I, I am <laughs> That's upset uh, that this is now two people yelling at me <laughs> instead of the usual one. <laughs> eh, well, you're But like... no, you sort of nailed something of like mediocre flow, uh, faux revolutionary spirit. I can't speak to the actual heart of the Flowbots. They may be real ones. I don't know. But the music is like very mid-tempo. Can you ride your bike with no handlebars? We have the three of us here, the Hamilton lover, the Hamilton skeptic, the Hamilton denier. Hater. Truther. Come on, call it what yeah, it is. Yeah, she's a hater. Yeah, you are, you are undeniably a hater. I'm the only person who likes Hamilton on the left. So, yeah, well, okay. One, yes, uh, we, are, we are outing ourselves as secret libs on this podcast by even <laughs> discussing it without, you know, burning it at the stake. Uh, let's break Hamilton down a little bit. I think maybe the first thing for me that when you're talking about Hamilton, you have to separate. If there if there's something good at it in there, mm-hmm. you have to first strip away the chaff. And the first level of chaff is maybe the most upsetting, which is Hamilton the movement. Hamilton <laughs> the hashtag resistance. Hamilton the Hamilton the every middle-aged person I know has a t-shirt. I yep. know too many white people. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Zach, take me back to 2016. What... Why did this happen? It's 2016. Trump is running for president. And we, the libs, are shocked. Yeah. Dare I say. But Hillary's going to win. It's not a big deal. It's just embarrassing that Trump's even running. This is true. Hamilton is quoted at the DNC. Ew. Yeah. Wow. And it just, it becomes, 
you know, when Mike Pence goes right after they win, Mike Pence goes to see Hamilton in New York yeah. City, and the cast is like, you're really bad to gay people. And it just became this, like, which, fine. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so Broadway I, is, I, like, I kind of... Maybe just, because it's been a while, elucidate that a little bit. Mike, Mike, Mike Pence attended Mike Pence. a showing, and they did a, a little speech for him before yes. the showing, which became sort of a national touchstone. Conservative pundits were like, how dare these artists? They should go back to playing basketball. I mean, doing plays. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was just totally that thing. But and, they said, like, hey. Hey, like, dude, like, you have been terrible about gay rights. Uh, and com- things like conversion therapy, et cetera, in your own state when you were governor. And it just became this kind of like focal point of like Democrat brain. I'm between 40 and 50, and I am using this as a piece of identity to show that I stand with people of color. This is, this is a symbol of me both of two things. I am a lib who makes six figures, and I'm not down with this Trump guy. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and I think it was able to be that thing so effectively because Hamilton does have a political ethos, Mm -hmm. right? The work uh, has something to say about America. It's that it's awesome. That America rules. You just need more people of color at the top. Yeah. Uh, That what we need is Even if they're fictitious. And so it it was a phenomenon. Yeah. No, I mean, it won the Pulitzer. It's it's still run sold-out shows whenever Broadway comes back. Every single... It's traveled the world. Millions of people have seen it. And now it's... You know, it is it is a major piece of uh, pop culture. So it was point. a movement. If we're talking about separating the thing that might potentially mm-hmm. be good from the things that might potentially be bad, we need to further delineate between the characters and the politics. Yeah. Because, Zach, maybe you can speak to, like, what do you like about this? What I like, I mean, I think some of the songs are bops, particularly the non-rap-heavy songs. I think... Brianna, counterpoint. Uh, I accept that counterpoint. I take it back. <laughs> No, but like I, you know, I like show tunes. Listen, uh-huh. I'm not a cool dude. I grew up watching movie musicals. I like musicals, and I think that it's a very effective sort of vector for like show tunes and weepy numbers. I like the characters. Uh, I like, I like the relationships, particularly the marriage between Alexander and his his rivalry with Burr. Uh, okay, you like the relationship between him and Eliza? I didn't say I approved of it. I said it's interesting. It's not interesting it's the same old love triangle that we always see blah 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 you just defended the office <laughs> <laughs> look the office is okay. sacred okay okay brianna i love you you're the person i've chosen to spend my life with but point point zachary <laughs> i mean you gotta call him like you see him yeah i mean it's so you know i i think it's i think there's moments of like really beautiful writing and it can be very engaging if you choose to give yourself over it to it incredibly schizophrenic in terms of its writing oh yeah quality. no that's fine i uh i'm just saying like what i get out of it are sure 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 i'm not trying to take that away from you i'm just sort of making a general comment about like what is this thing man it can move between like really genuinely like interesting compelling mm-hmm. funny moments and then just like hot garbage well it's like three hours of just shit thrown at a wall and so, like a good chunk of, like what's effective of that will vary per person your mileage will vary mm-hmm. and uh I think some of it at this point is I just like it and I've been around it for five years and there's things I don't like about it and there's things I do like about it. Sure. But like as a creative work, yeah, it's it's catchy. It gets- okay. <laughs> While we're talking about the music quality. Like Manuel's voice, really? We're on board with this? This nasally man who can't sing is the lead? Hey, hey, hey. We will not have you have you insult nasally men on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Look. Brianna, I'm issues. sitting right fucking here. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I I, I, I agree with you on that point. I think Lin Manuel yeah, Miranda is a defend Lin Manuel's huge... ability to sing. Say what? <laughs> none of us are going to defend Lin Manuel's Miranda's ability I, I to sing. His ability to anchor this thing, like he is such so many steps down the like caliber of acting, singing, performing level from every other person on that stage. No, it's it's, it's like kind of insulting, like. You know, we we in particular uh, have all singled out David Diggs, the guy who plays Jefferson and Lafayette. Lafayette yeah. He is just the the coolest motherfucker. And like, then I you mean, have Lin Manuel as his rival. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense to have somebody with as much charisma as as Lafayette and Jefferson who can actually rap, unlike the vast yeah. majority of the other people in this production. <laughs> uh, or or the guy who plays Aaron Burr. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yes, who who kills it, brings so much pathos to like moments, mm. uh, manages to like really convey like the intensity that hides behind this yeah. like always playing both sides mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and then Lin Manuel is just like. Like, he's just simping his way through this whole thing. Like, honestly, it, for me, it doesn't bother me in the first couple numbers because he is, he's young and he's yeah. kind of like unsure of himself and he's like very passionate, but maybe a little too passionate. And I think that like kind of plays for those numbers. But by the time he's like fucking 40 and he's held multiple like And just nailing like all the ladies. And, and, and yeah, also he's supposed to be hot and he's yeah. you know, the ugliest <laughs> person on the stage. No offense. Uh, Agreed. Lin-Manuel, I don't know. There's just something sort of unsettling about him. Um, His social media presence has not helped us. I think there is something flawed at the core of Hamilton. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, if you watch uh, the video of Lin-Manuel Miranda performing at the White House, like, mm-hmm. slam poetry night. Which, for for uh, a president whose name I don't remember. Yeah, he, he won't come up again. Um <laughs> But he sort of does his version of the opening number um, before it was ever, you know, on stage. Yeah. And he says, I am writing a concept album about a man who I think embodies the spirit of hip hop, Alexander Hamilton. Ugh. <laughs> Genuinely. Ugh. Because one, uh, you cannot remove the essence of hip hop from the cultural and material conditions that created it. Slap it on a white dude hundreds of years mm. ago, who himself uh, trafficked slaves and managed them for his wife's family. You're just describing Eminem's career, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Keep going. I mean, Lin-Manuel, like, went for an Eminem thing with Hamilton. Like, that was that was his inspiration. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what he's doing is taking the black liberation struggle mm-hmm. and applying it to the colonial emancipation struggle and trying to say, like, hey, these things work together that they say something about each other and i do think there are things in the text that try to acknowledge that disparity there are characters that bring up that we need freedom for everyone he portrays hamilton as an abolitionist even though he was decidedly not and then when he was (laughs) called on it he was like oh well i read a book that said he was so i mean i don't know i I just wrote a fucking three-hour play about him why would i know (laughs) his take is just i didn't uh address this as much in there it's fair game to go after it you know, what does this thing have to say about America? It says, it says really good things about America. It yeah, is. I mean, he literally calls America a great unfinished symphony. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the whole thing is premised that like the Revolutionary War was good. The Founding Fathers were good and flawed, but still like fundamentally dope, cool bros. Yeah. And, and, and there's no way to view that as even as a fan of this art object. Sure. We like lots of problematic art. As any way, but like conservative or somewhat reactionary in spirit yeah it, it is the essence of reactionary art it is that desire to return to a previous time and then lastly 
actually the South jokes like ho ho ho. We don't yeah, it, it is pretty rich when he's like talking to Jefferson, but it's like yeah, you know Washington owns slaves too, right? They do a ton of work with the characters and with the talent of the mm. performers uh, to really sell something that I do think has value, or is at least you know decent, good songs, interesting art, good characters. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Rihanna disagrees, but that's not why it became a phenomenon. I don't think that this became a phenomenon because it told the story of Hamilton and Eliza uh, mm. and because, like, you know, Jefferson's got swag. Uh, although I do think there's a lot of money being made by, you know, making middle-aged white people think they have access to swag. I do think that's a moneymaker. <laughs> no, like, I think it's beautiful. I think it's incredibly well cast outside of Lynn putting himself as the lead. Yeah, not great. But, like, that, you know, of course that stuff helps. But why, it became a phenomenon for other reasons. Yeah, and it became a ph- phenomenon because it was a feel-good story of, like, oh, look at this, like, all-person-of-color cast, mm-hmm. you know, ascending to the absolute heights of Broadway. Like, it, And in the end, I think what it accomplished was whitewashing colonial history using black uh, talent. Yeah. And I think that is, like... Ooh, I have a really hard time with that being an acceptable thing to do. Well, it's so interesting that you would, like, cast the king as white. Well, yeah, exactly. And what then, does that say? Right. Well, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. And, and then George Washington as black and heroic. But the truth is, you know, America was a colonial settler state. Mm-hmm. You have a couple of Anglos who are both fighting over who gets to have a ton of resources yeah. in the specific place. Who gets access to, uh, you know pillage a new a new land new to them and you know kill lots of native american yeah, people and I, own slaves i mean it's essentially i mean it, and it's not wholly dissimilar from almost all wars which are run by elites over resources and using poor folks as chattel in them it's really rough and it's easy to forget that when like mm-hmm. uh, lafayette is fucking killing it or uh aaron right. burr is just dropping some knowledge <laughs> As he is wont to do. He's actually not that wont to do. That's the theme of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was that. Uh, Brianna, blessedly free from these lib affectations. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't enjoy it. Brianna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> this will be my last time, folks. Enjoy it. <laughs> Brianna, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> yeah. um, chickens and cows. Mm-hmm. Ghost yep. Heart of Farm. Black Lives Matter. The end. I'm gonna start a garden in my backyard. I'm gonna start a garden in my backyard. Cause making this song up is just as hard. Cause making this song up is just as hard. All right, and we're back. Thank you so much to Brianna for dropping by and dropping some knowledge. I thought it was pretty cool when she wrapped the whole thing in iambic pentameter and still managed to get so many sick burns in there. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not crying. Everything's fine. We're all good here. <laughs> so, Michael, what else are we talking about today? Uh, so we're going to be getting into a couple of favorite Shitty Christians topics. You know, we're a family-focused podcast. Yeah, family-friendly, I would say. Yeah, and that's Dep- why... If it's the Manson family. <laughs> And that's why we love Focus on the Family, because they keep the focus where it should be. So we're going to be looking at an article that they posted about, you know, boys and girls and how they are and how they should be raised. And, you know, just how to steadfastly love your children in a way that is 
not at all uh, overly gendered or incredibly upsetting. <laughs> We're also going to hit on another shitty Christian's favorite topic. Masturbation. Porn- <laughs> <laughs> Pornography. Hey, listen, sometimes you just have to speak to your area of expertise. It's important. <laughs> you know, I just want to give back. <laughs> After giving so much to myself. <laughs> oh, God. You know, in order to uh, give to others, you first have to love yourself. <laughs> So we're going to be delving into all of the exceedingly normal ways that Christians deal with the porn problem and uh, take a look at some testimonials. Yes. Hear what Mr. John Piper has to say about the hereto here unknown connections between your porn addiction and ISIS. <laughs> Let's talk about some steadfast love, unlike okay, pornography. Yeah, yeah, maybe these segments aren't as different as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, Focus on the Family wrote an article called Steadfast Love, The Differences Between Boys and Girls. Anytime you set something up as like, here are two categories and here are the differences between them, we're off to a great start. <laughs> uh, Zach, real quick, what is Focus on the Family? Focus on the Family was uh, founded by James Dobson it's been an enormous part of sort of evangelical culture, the culture war. Um, pretty right-wing, pretty reactionary, obviously. Uh, and they're still churning out stuff uh, from Colorado to this day. Like a lot of content, radio shows. Yeah, we've talked about my my childhood obsession with Focus on the Family before. Um, mm-hmm. Look forward to our premium episodes of me just going episode by episode through Mr. Whitaker's Trials and Travails. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be really fun. It's really popular content, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, so they're just like a, a sort of a Christian content. They, they are 90s vanguard culture war stuff. Uh, yeah. Sort of the kindler, gentler face, I think. Uh, oh, for sure. You know, they. I, I'm sure they that they... They focus on the family. It's, <laughs> it's right there. They they don't get as much into the Trump stuff. I think they're no. like... Trump adjacent, but they're they're not that like sort of blistering edge anymore. They're a little passe, but still, especially when it comes to like mm-hmm. Christian families, they have a lot of different ministries and outreaches. My mom read D- James Dobson's parenting books, like all super. Did she learn your essential masculinity from these books? I mean, we'll find out when she finds it. She can get in contact <laughs> with me. So, Zach, uh, tell me, what's the difference between boys and girls? Oh, boy. So the subhead, it's important to know the differences between boys and girls and how they tend to give and receive love. Starting off real (laughs) strong there, y'all. Guys, I listen, I am all for parents thinking about how to like love and care for their children well. I think that's super important. Uh, Nope, nope. Disagree. (laughs) The gender essentialism that we're about to dive into. Mm. Maybe not, not good. so great. It's not good. Yeah, Zach's anti-parenting. That's the, yeah, no, that's the... I, I am totally anti-natalist. You know, right, what was I thinking? The official shitty Christian's take is be a bad parent. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Yeah, yeah. You should see how I treat my dog. Have you... Oh, no. <laughs> no, not like that. I'm just overly indulgent. <laughs> I just give her too many treats. That's cute. No healthy boundaries. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not cute that... She's 500 pounds. Don't worry about it. <laughs> This article starts off real strong. God gave both males and females unique ways of interacting with the world. Because of this, mothers and fathers will demonstrate steadfast love to their children in different but equally important ways. Likewise, there are differences between boys and girls. Our children will tend to receive, give and receive love in ways that reflect his or her masculinity 
or femininity. Jesus Christ. I, I love that immediately it's like, hey, uh, just um, don't don't treat your children like individuals. These are categories. <laughs> all boys and all girls fall into categories. Now, you see, that's one area I agree with this article. Children do fall into categories. They're just the category of children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should be placed in gender, like, ig- ignorant, gray, formless clothing and be silent. <laughs> like. Yes, uh, we, we dream of a world without playgrounds. So... Then they break it down, obviously by gender, about our daughters, which she needs Ugh. to feel loved, which it, this verges on creepy a few times here, and, and I think might cross the line. We'll see. So, number one, connection. Daughters will be primarily concerned with whether or not she is connecting with the people around her. She craves emotional intimacy in her relationship. Yeah, no no one that's not a, a young girl has ever craved emotional intimacy. Like, that's, that's not <laughs> something that's essential for all human development. Incredible take. Girls tend to place great importance on the people in her circle. <laughs> What? Well, yeah, yeah. Boys hate their boys. <sighs> like it's in the phrase, my boys. <laughs> Communication. I think this one's actually very important because it hits both. Girls are typically much more verbal than boys and tend to paint a picture with words. <laughs> yeah, what? you know, there's, you know, we always talk about how podcasting is dominated by women. It's true. I've never heard men on a podcast. <laughs> that was the premise of our podcast. Get some dudes out <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> Affirmation. A daughter needs to be affirmed. Christians should be banned from the word affirmation. I mean, Christians should be banned from a lot of things, but tell me why this one specifically. I feel like every time Christians use the word affirmation, it's just, first of all, code for grooming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it's just be an adult and talk about how pretty a child is. But secondly, it is also just like this overused term of like, you know, it was great to get coffee with so-and-so the other day and receive some words of affirmation yeah okay you know what you're right we're putting it on the ban list sorry sorry christians sorry christians no more affirming i kind of can't believe this one because it it goes on to talk it like quotes some person and they're like yeah so uh, it, it quotes glenn stanton the entire article only is based around glenn stanton's book Love it. It's the only scholar, in heavy quotation marks, scholarly source that is referenced. <laughs> hit, me, hit me with this quote, because I think this is like the okay. double speak here is really powerful. God has given your girl a combination of gifts, talents, passions, and personality that no one else in time has or will have. She is mold-breaking amazing. Okay, but you're talking about molds. <laughs> this whole thing is about the molds. <laughs> How on earth are you somehow trying to like raise up the individual individuality of this person while simultaneously saying, you know how girls be like, like this entire thing is just women be shopping children's edition. But yeah, somehow also we care so much about their individual talents. Also, I totally agree with you on the grooming point, like affirm for who she is means affirm the parts of her that you want her to be like affirming the gender roles that you have already assigned for her. Yeah. Like it is, it is deeply unsettling behavior. Oh, another phrase that relates to this that I'm, that isn't in this article, but I want to, I want to spotlight for our non-Christian <laughs> listener out there is a raise, raising up, raising up godly daughters and, oh, and son. Yeah. No more raising up. Yeah, stop, stop saying the stop, phrase raising up. Enough of this Lion up. King shit. Put the child down, sir. 
sir. <laughs> that is that is not your nephew or niece. And even if it was, maybe put <laughs> yeah, the child down. It would not down. be okay. <laughs> so, uh, security. Girls need a sense of security. Everyone in their needs. Life. Oh my god. There By is... the way, I've. I don't know about the y'all during Corona. I have been really craving as like a 30 something year old white man who hasn't lost his job, hasn't yeah. missed a single meal in his life. I'm like, man, I could really use a yeah. sense of security. This I've been like lying under my weighted blanket all the fucking time. With the exception of like how we've already talked about how affirmation can just be creepy. This is just a list of good ways to treat any human being <laughs> at all. Why would you not try to invest in connection with your son? Yeah, why would you not want your son to feel secure? <laughs> just like, <laughs> you, I'm no, just you imagining. Just like, no, this is like when you like take your son out to the woods and leave him for yeah, a week. This is, a, this is the Spartan thing. Like the son just gets kicked in a pit with and some wolves to fight for its life. The son just dies of exposure on a hillside <laughs> because that's what God wants. Oh, man. Uh, all right, what's the last one? for Physical affection again things that christians should just be banned yeah from. uh if you listen to our recent episodes no christians are allowed to show any physical affection to any child possibly including their own yeah and like listen hugging and caring for your child of course. is obviously super healthy and sure fine like hug your kid yeah, but like don't tell adults to hug children yeah, christian keep everyone else away from your kids i'm just I mean, if I ever had a kid, they don't get to know other adults, like, after doing this podcast. Yeah, no, I, exactly. <laughs> like, no. I can't, I could never have my I children would ne- have I would an never let them in a church. <laughs> oh, the under last, any circumstances. The last place I would have my child is in a church or a youth group. Oh my God, yeah. No, it's, it, essentially that is, that's the Spartan pit yeah. we were talking about. I would, I would rather group. leave my child alone in a forest for a week. I'm just gonna, there's more wolves, there are more wolves in the youth group than that Spartan pit, I'm just saying. It's more likely that a wolf will raise my child well than somebody <laughs> yeah. that's leading that youth group. How cool would that be? Oh, dude, if my kid was raised by wolves? Okay, all right. <laughs> so like, to keep going, I guess. <laughs> We're only 10 minutes into this segment. I've already broken Michael's spirit. <laughs> I just fucking hate this shit, man. Nur- nurturing and caregiving. Oh, fuck you. Daughters tend to be more nurturing and are natural caregivers. Na- just, natural. 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 Look, man, it's it's in the vagina. <laughs> oh, God. That's what they're saying. I, like, I'm not actually. I mean, it's no, funny. I mean, yeah. But there is actually no other argument for them. Then the caregiving is in the vagina. Your daughter may tend to show her nurturing tendencies during play by being a mother to a doll or other toy. Who gave them the fucking doll? Yeah. Or trying to help take care of a sick or injured person. Here's what I want to say to Christians. (laughs) Do not allow your children to be medics. What's this (laughs) seven-year-old nurse shit? What is wrong with you perverse motherfuckers? Don't let your daughters grow up to be nurses. Well, this is saying their their daughters are currently yeah, being yeah, nurses. Exactly. Don't let your ten year old tend to the wounded. Yeah, don't don't you hate it when your seven year old runs away from home in the back of an EMT truck? <laughs> like, you just find her splinting someone on the side of the road. <laughs> don't don't you hate it when girls have a natural ability to put in a stint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hate. She was born this way. <laughs> Yeah, the the complete inability to accept that all of these things are constructed, even as you were talking about how you construct <laughs> them. Like, this whole thing is I about know. how do you turn a child into this thing? 
through reinforcement, through ding, 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 affirmation. <laughs> Another also, word we're not allowed to say. But also somehow this is just you unlocking the essential essence of your child, which again only exists in two categories. Yeah, no, they are saying it's sex while defining gender and it's kind of delicious. Oh, God, it's so good. Okay, so t- tell me tell me about our, our boys. About our sons. Our sons. What our he many needs sons. to feel... <laughs> Our mini large size. (laughs) What he needs to feel loved. Number one. A World of Warcraft subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Then you don't have to see him. That's all I'm saying. That's all the raising that that they need. Everyone wins. (laughs) There are people raising him in those clans. Do you want a multi-generational household? They are teaching him how to tank effectively. Do you want a multi-generational household or not, Michael? (laughs) Level 60 with a level one? I believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so what do boys need to feel loved? Making a difference. Fuck you. Incredible. God damn. Okay, listen. <laughs> let me just... I just want to be clear. I have never aspired to make a difference. Well, no, of course That's not. why I have a podcast. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> no, it's just... Again, who doesn't want to leave their mark on the world in some way? Like... I just... I, I Well, I, the best part of that is not that boys want to make a difference, is the that you would not mention that with your girls. Yeah, of course. He wants the world to know that he is strong, smart, and capable of doing things. You know how boys just need the entire world to validate their existence? <laughs> <laughs> you should perpetuate yeah, that. Yeah, that, just keep it normal. That's not going to set anyone up for failure. Yeah, I'm not crying. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Respect. Sons need to feel respected. Oh my God. I just. Yeah, because respect. Christians would never worry about respecting women. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Would never be a concern there. It it may only happen once every 15 episodes, but when you're right, you're right. (laughs) I did it. I did it. Thank you. Thank you. I will be retiring from shitty Christian Uh, discipline. Sons want to know the right thing to do and the right time to do it. It is important for parents to affirm <laughs> their son's masculinity and assure him he is smart and strong. What the fuck is what up the fuck, with this man? shit? We like, were joking about Spartans, but this whole thing but is about is... your your son must be strong. He must be so strong. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to tell myself a little bit. I'm very strong. <laughs> I, yeah, guys, you can't see this, but uh, Zach is currently just like squirting ever more steroids into himself. Like he is ripped as hell. Yeah. I, I don't like to talk about it. it intimidates our listeners. Yeah. It intimidates me. Like sometimes yeah. you just pick me up on my head and carry me around. But like, that's not my defining quality. My muscles are not the yeah. most important yeah. part of me. My eyes are up here. <laughs> Listen, the brain is the most important muscle of all. <laughs> but they get that because it, it's both smart and strong. I Like every human being doesn't want to be seen as smart and strong. Yeah, and also like... It's just dumb shit bromide. This is really strange because as terrible as all of this is... Right, obviously. For, for the girls, there's like speaking to who she is. But in this, mm. for the sons, it's affirming that this is how the world sees them. Yeah. It's externalized in a really, really weird way. Like No, I think that's actually like a really good observation here. Is that with girls it's internal and with boys it's like external. Yeah. It just even by the like terrible standards that this thing is set up, like you are really I, my experience in Christian culture is that boys were often 
far more invested in yeah than than mm. uh girls oh yeah mine too but this investment is so unhealthy like you're not doing that son any favors no. by teaching him this shit it's really unpleasant all right let's bring this home what what else do boys need michael this is gonna get you back home okay yeah you know what I sometimes shitty Christians about finding finding the little bit of good in a terrible thing. Hit me like, with it. Like Christianity. <laughs> Boys tend to want to be seen as leaders. Leadership is one avenue for them to gain respect from their elders and their peers. For instance, we didn't go as deep in all of these, but I wanted to say this one. Yeah, if people are gathering for a Bible study and there are not enough chairs, he might go and get more chairs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because that's what we see male leaders doing. Yeah, not taking yeah. advantage of the weak or like fucking over people. We see them getting more chairs for folks. Just, I can't even with this one. Like one, that's a child. <laughs> Don't teach your child to just step into every situation and be the leader. Children should not be leaders. I'm comfortable saying that. Also, if we just look at, I don't know, the history of everything, <laughs> maybe it's time for the men in the room to take a step back from leadership. Yeah, like, just maybe sit in that chair. Yeah, just, just give it a second, guys. I'm just saying, we're not great at it. Uh, You know, the track record has been more inconsistent than uh, all of us would prefer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How is this thing this regressive? Like, this was clearly written in, like, 1953, I think right? this is from 2020 or 2019. Jesus That's what's incredible. Christ. I can't. I can't with these people. I think uh, it's also written by a woman, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. men, men and women reinforce the patriarchy. So how do boys express love? Actions. Oh, God. Boys tend to communicate verbally less than girls. When your son speaks, he is likely directed to the point. First of all, I just want to say... Podcasts again yeah. <laughs> exist with like dudes smoking weed and saying nothing for hours and why, then making money. Yes. Yeah, why? Why is your son a cowboy? Like, why is he <laughs> just? Is why did this child <laughs> erupt from your womb as John Wayne in The Searchers? Like, like please it's... stop letting your child scalp Indians. Thank you. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> But, like, how are we going to keep our cattle safe if our son's not scalping Indians? <laughs> I love this so much. When your son speaks, he is likely direct and to the point. Have you met a child? Have you met any, any gender? child? <laughs> what is this, like, weird compliment? Boys, you know, they're always just, like, chewing tobacco. They're, they're not <laughs> yap, yap, yakking like those bitch. I mean, children. <laughs> it's so, it's such so a bizarre funny. take. I can't believe that this thing is set up as how to love well. Yeah. Like the idea, the audacity that you would take these incredibly <laughs> regressive, incredibly right. unhelpful gender roles that at best apply equally to every single human being <laughs> on the planet and at worst are enforcing a culture that harms people. And all of this is wrapped up with the bow and says, this is how you care for your children. When your son speaks, he is yeah. likely direct and to the point, I think is so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. So that's good. so funny. All right. What, what, else, what, else, what do, else do boys do? What else do our large boys do building and fixing oh my god i'm gonna tell myself again aside from being incredibly muscly yeah yeah i am not very good at building or fixing things uh let me just say as someone that had a brief stint as a professional builder neither am i <laughs>
But like, yeah, like your son might show his love trying to repair broken items or create things. What the fuck is... Who is this strange cowboy inventor? Your son's love language is Legos or, like, fucking Fortnite. Like, your son's just like, come here, mother. Let me show you what I've... How I've been such a great great steward of my V-Bucks. Look upon my mighty <laughs> fortress from which I sniped someone. <laughs> look, look, look at this Thanos skin yeah. from <laughs> which that I have crafted. Yeah. Uh, also, your, by your the son, by... Your son practicing the castle doctrine in Fortnite is his love language. <laughs> By the way, if we were talking about building and fixing things, let's talk about all the women in my life who adore Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> Dude, it is so true. I, as somebody that has put yes. an uncomfortable number of hours yeah. into Animal I've, Crossing. I've played a fair amount at this point, too. Yeah. And, like, let me just say, I have done nothing. I have nope. done nothing. I look around and I see what the mm. women in my life have done <laughs> with their island. The like, majesty. We are all yeah, the, they have created genuine beauty. That's right. And I'm just dicking around being like, maybe there should be a pond here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you suck. You yeah. are not building nor fixing. <laughs> I'm definitely doing neither. The final thing that I think is incredible for your boy child, our sons are created to be protectors. Oh, my God. He will especially Listen, want... If, if there's anything that we have learned on this podcast, it's that what we need are protectors from your sons. <laughs> who will protect us from the protectors? <laughs> who, will, who will do that? Also, ma'am, that's a seven-year-old. Yeah, stop take, arming the children. Take the machete away from the seven-year-old. Please, God. I really, the like women need security, men need to be the security. Mm -hmm. It's just like... Maybe heaven the most forbid, toxic. Heaven forbid this woman has a daughter and a son. And she's oh, like, God. son, protect your sister. Yeah. Like, yeah. that will 100% happen. The seven-year-old with the, like, FBI Mike piece just walking around a playground, like, shoving kids back. <laughs> Finally, wrap it up by saying moms and dads are unique, too. Oh, so the moms and dads are unique, but all children fall neatly into these categories. Well, and by unique, they mean... Uh, men and women uniquely different as men and women yeah. right yeah kids need to experience the steadfast love of their dad as a man likewise they need to experience the steadfast love of their mother as a woman oh my god so i mean don't I think, go suck your son's dick i guess i, I yeah i mean ultimately <laughs> like, the what, whole point of this thing is to get to this moment where like single parents go fuck yourself yep. gay parents go fuck yourself like yep. god forbid i don't even know what these people would think about a trans parent. Oh my like, gosh, J.K. Rowling loves this fucking article Yeah, J.K. So Rowling wrote this fucking article. Like, Explains the pro style. Yeah. <laughs> You're burnt, J.K. I Boom. got you. You're got canceled. You have officially been shitty Christians canceled. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah, I am so fucking sick of like all of Christian culture being like just, just like 50s segregated South but for gender. Like, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah, they honestly, like, they might as well have different, like... Well, that is... Honest to goodness, I love that metaphor. Yeah. Because, like, that's what the SBC says. Like, men and women are equal, but they are separate. But they're sure as hell separate. No, they're totally equal. It's just that only one of them ever gets to be in any positions of power. They're totally equal, but only one of them gets to tell the other one to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, it is incredibly upsetting to see this not just, like, yelled from a pulpit yeah but like wrapped up as good parenting i just i also just like i mean it ties to so many things yeah. that like we don't have to get into but like christian's inability to synthesize any kind of knowledge to take as natural things that they are creating themselves yeah. to 
to like you know to 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 like to make a toy and call it call it Pinocchio. Like it's just it's all of this stuff where you are creating the gender and saying it's science. I want to say this is harmful to men too. Like oh. it's more harmful to women. But this is not. I gotta say, as somebody who grew up in this, I didn't enjoy being put in this fucking little box. Yeah. Because if you don't hit those expectations, people yell at you. Oh yeah, people. I mean, my entire childhood and yours yeah. was defined by like not really living up to these things. Yes, yeah, being called the F word by a bunch of people. And I don't mean fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm just imagining you getting called fuck a lot. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like, fuck that's is a, a cool way nick- better nickname than oh, what man, you got. If somebody just calls yeah, like, no, there goes I mean, fuck. Like, man, that, that's pimp. But it's the kind of thing where like the way you are in the world is judged as a man. And I can't even, I, I know how much worse it is for women. This is yeah, bad exactly. for everybody. Like, Exactly. Like, the point we're making is not, oh, boo-hoo, look right. how hard Obviously, men have Obviously, I'm it. fucking fine. The patriarchy is... But, but the point is that, like, this is toxic and terrible for everyone. And, like, hey, we need to change a lot of things. But, like, masculinity is broken for men, too. Yeah. The same way that, like, billionaires aren't fucking happy. Like, this, the way that we have constructed society mm. doesn't work for anyone. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> We need a permanent revolution, like Mal said. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was going with this. So now, speaking of toxic masculinity, we're going to (laughs) return to one of our favorite Shitty Christians characters. Uh... You know, the delightful amalgam known as Christian Porn Guy. Christian Porn Guy. We talked about this a little bit before with yeah, Mark we... Lederbach. Let's just once again <laughs> tie his name to pornography. Yeah. I mean, he does it a lot himself, so he can't be that offended. But no, I mean, he's he's the guy that always wants to ask you about your walk. But actually, that just means like, you know, how much porn have you watched? How's your, uh, how's your thought life, Michael? Oh, God, that's a good one. I have not heard that one in a hot second. <laughs> Honestly, terrible, but it's not porn related. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about Christian jargon lately because I hate myself. Yeah. Everybody has a way of coping during the pandemic, Michael. <laughs> yeah, this, okay, this fuck you. you. I need by. to feel something sometimes. Hey, man, I just want to call you in. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, okay, so yeah, Christian porn guy, he's the guy that, uh, you know, his entire spiritual walk is defined by how many boobs he saw last week. Yep. And Zach, <laughs> you were doing a little research about Mr. Christian Porn Guy. Tell, tell me yeah. about what brought you to this place. So we were working on this podcast and I had a vision. <laughs> yeah. I was you, like, you, you know. Had a desire for more brotherly accountability. And I just realized, I was like, you know what? I was thinking, I was like, I bet there's a lot of Christian content about <laughs> pornography, which has led to some fun Google searches, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. And led to the website, which has a lot of traction. I'll be honest. Dot com. Yeah, Google saw all your searches and just sent you a message like, hey, man, are you okay? <laughs> like, I'm not even worried about the porn part of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just checking in. But why are you mixing focus on the family and porn, yeah, man? Yeah, like, that yeah. is going to lead you down Google... some James Dobson slash that you don't want to see. Exactly. Google went from don't be evil to don't be that evil. <laughs> <laughs> all and right, so, this, so tell me about I'll be honest. It's really interested in, like, a lot of things, but particularly sexual sin. What does the Bible say? Are you a non-Christian, parentheses, a Muslim, for example, wanting freedom for pornog- from pornography? Is masturbation, self-gratification, a sin, etc., etc.? You know, most websites don't actually have that much content on them. No. There is a staggering there are amount of content. There dozens of videos. Oh, d- videos, but also like all of the videos are transcribed. Yep. You'll have a 50-minute sermon with everything mm-hmm. typed out. There are all these like long articles copied in. Like there is a 
a really insane amount they put of a lot of resources this into this and i mean the video we're going to be talking about from them here now has six hundred thousand views about yeah yeah like it, this is major they talk about all kinds of stuff but this is clearly their main focus this is their both niche. in terms of like how much they talk about and also just the engagement that this gets so tell me what this website house has to say about my masturbation technique <laughs> So the video I want to focus on is from a uh, sort of like minister guy named James Jennings. Yeah, it's talking about his testimony from freedom from pornography they and his experience. They also have a lot of these testimonials so on YouTube. In, they have a lot on here and in general, including this website. Also has a fifty-minute sermon, five-zero sermon about whether masturbation is okay. And during the sermon, there are like children walking in between the guy and the camera it's actually really unnerving listen i think it's important uh to have conversations with your children about sex at a younger age i also think it's important to never let a pastor talk to your children about masturbation here's the thing you should have conversations with your kids about sex at a younger age no other adult should have conversations with your kids about sex at a younger age that isn't maybe a sex ed teacher. Uh, so yeah, so 50 minute sermons, uh, but this testimonial, I think. I think it's what, I, I can't stop watching because I, I swear to God, I knew this guy. When I was actually, between high school and college, I went to community college, which was an episode in its own. Yeah. But I was there and in North Carolina and somehow I met a Christian professor who was like in his 30s and really wanted to take me under his wing. You hate to see it. <laughs> and like hang out and mentor me. Of which course. I have to be honest looking back on now. I think I was being groomed. <laughs> I'm not really joking. Because he would like want to have conversations about like my thought life. What was I watching? Uh-huh. Was it was I like masturbating? And I just uh never saw that guy again because I'm it was it was unnerving at best. Yeah, well I mean in, in many ways that is that is what biblical mentorship means to these people. Yeah. Like that's the only topic they care about. So James is coming he, this Mr. James Jennings is coming out of this this culture. Yeah, well he he is a proponent of this culture. Right. Like, he came out of and is a proponent to this yeah. culture. So he talks early on, he talks about praying the sinner's prayer and he got saved. But he, he talks about becoming a Christian, praying the sinner's prayer, and then However, he got addicted to pornography. Do you know how he got addicted to pornography, Michael? You know, I think I might. And so around 12 years old, I started going to the grocery store with my mom before then, but around that time, I started to take notice of the magazines and the checkout aisles. And at 12 years old, I got heavily addicted to pornography. It's always the fucking checkout aisle with there these There is people. something about the Shape magazine with Jessica Biel <laughs> on the cover in 2008 that really got to all of these dudes. Oh, man. I, uh, it is utterly bizarre to me. It's... It's every pastoral like example because it's the time where you can encounter cleavage without being like guilty of having <laughs> sought out cleavage. Like none of these people actually right. struggled on the fucking checkout aisle. Let me tell you. The only reason anyone <laughs> would struggle on a checkout aisle is if they've already been inculcated with this insane mm-hmm. conception of sexuality to the point where they think that there's going to be some terrible problem if they happen to see the 2008 June issue of Shape magazine featuring Jessica Alba in a tankini. It's a for them I think it's a referendum on our entire culture. And listen, I'm not here to claim that our culture gets sex and sexuality right. That's that's not what shitty Christians is about. We hate everything. <laughs> so then he, according, he spends the next nine years of his life, quote, a slave to it, whether it would be from the internet 
or the magazine. A, sla- a slave to that specific magazine. He's just waking up and ba- he's simping for the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> what if he had to like buy a new version of that specific magazine because the old one got a little uh, out of commission? Oh, sure. I mean, that's that's the classic joke, Zachary. Look at you. Look at you. Semen. Sometimes it's sticky. <laughs> me, do, me doing tropes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody has ever made a multi-million dollar career out of making dick jokes. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. I'm trying to get some subscribers in yeah. this fucking pod. Our Patreon is just you looking through magazines stuck shut from the ejaculation. That's my only fan. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So then he t- he can he talks about being addicted to pornography, yeah, so how he, he couldn't do anything about it, blah blah blah. He struggles for 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 yeah. years, for nine nine ten years of his life, and then he gets to high school and he's homeschooled. Well, yeah, I mean, this is part of that nine years of right. his life. Like he starts at twelve, and then he convinces his parents to homeschool him, and then is given free reign and to do whatever he wants. Nothing. Yeah. And so around uh, 18 years old, um, well, you know, in middle school, my parents took me out and homeschooled me. Uh, I lied. I didn't do any high school, basically. I played video games 15 hours a day for five, six years of my life. That was all I did. I played games. Um, I had more joy being a video game character and worrying about the, the level ups and the gear that a character had than my real life character. And it went hand in hand with internet pornography, just that computer. You know, I was there literally in my heart bowing down and worshiping that. Yeah, so apparently he is just playing video games 15 hours a day by his own Which, admission. by the way, this guy should have been a pro gamer. Yeah, like, this I, well, guy, like, is this the story of Ninja? Because if it's not, this is disappointing. No, I mean, honestly, like, looking at this dude and knowing, yeah. like, his rough age, like, we, we know this is World of Warcraft. We know that because that was the game that people were spending their entire lives on. Uh, and what's crazy about this is he's telling this story almost in passing. Like, his, his yeah. like, insane obsession well, with video games. It's one detail. Yeah, but, like... His his issue wasn't mm-hmm. the video games. Like he he's happy that he's not that thing anymore. Sure. But his issue was the pornography. And it's like, dude, no, your issue was that you spent your entire life in front of a fucking computer. Yeah, your issue is that you didn't have parents that apparently were around, which yeah, they is gave sad. You unfettered internet access at twelve years old and, and gave zero shits about your schooling, evidently. Like you were not being homeschooled. You were being given in books and put in a room with a laptop and PlayStation, dude. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. These parents should have read a Focus on the Family article. <laughs> better. Wait, are we saying that we're, that previous article was better parenting somehow? On, on, than what this kid experienced? Yeah, than just being abandoned to the internet. Like, Yeah, because that's what he says. He's trying to talk about pornography, but he says, I had more joy being a video game character and worrying about the level ups and the gear that my character had than my real life character. Okay, I'm starting to question his whole story because no one ever says I cared about the level ups. What if this guy, what if this guy was just somehow playing Pac-Man or something for like 50, like. Oh my God, dude, this is not a story of your porn addiction. This is a story of you being a terrible person. (laughs) Yeah, you can be a shitty person without pornography. This was clearly not your central issue, man. Like, you were... Ah. Why are you treating this like it's fucking heroin, man? Yeah. It's just not... You are making the thing an enormous deal, but by making an enormous deal, you are making it more poisonous than it was to begin with. I don't know if this is the space for it, but the porn addiction culture is a symptom of a larger problem. It, it kind of continues on, and it sort of uh, reaches a point where he eventually, in his early 20s, is finally realizes that he was not a Christian. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, I mean, because basically it ends with, like, 
the article ends with being like, the reason I was addicted to porn is because I was never saved. And if I had actually been saved, I would not have been addicted to porn to begin with. Yeah, his whole thesis here, because he was in the church this entire time. He had friends. And he describes his friendships with other guys as doing, like, all standing around talking about how much porn they watch. That is, like, like the weirdest thing. Oh, yeah, he's like, we did everything. We had the internet filters. We took the 60-day intensive courses. (laughs) What is this course? I God, you know what? Honestly... There are certain realms of darkness that I am not willing to look into for this podcast. And one of them is the 60-day intensive course on Christians. Okay, okay I have to know, though, what are you doing for those 60s? Like, you wake up and a man yells at you. He's like, have you been watching porn? Yeah, have you been looking at the, and they, like, listen, have you been looking at the titties? Have yeah. you been looking at the asses? Have you been looking at the buses of bang? <laughs> and he just goes through dozens yeah. and dozens He's of things. Like, Bukaki. Have you been looking at MFM? Have you been looking at MFF? Have, yeah, you, yeah. Been looking have you been looking at AFGX? that might be a thing i wouldn't know (laughs) let me let me ask you a question stepsisters (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird i also think there's like an unlivedness of this none of it feels real so at the end of all of this he's like i wasn't actually a christian i had to become a christian and then my porn problem just went away yeah. Which yeah. is so strange. He's like, I, I couldn't beat this thing because I didn't have a relationship with God. And I just find that like utterly bizarre. If you do, like, do you think Christians can't be heroin addicts or like deal with alcoholism? Well, I, I, I don't think it's even about Christians. Clearly, he thinks Christians can overcome all those things. I think he thinks that every non-Christian must by nature be a heroin and porn addict. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. That like, well, if you don't have Jesus, then clearly you can never not do heroin slash porn. Yeah, I just but I also just like anything being like having any kind of struggle or difficulty means you can't be a Christian is so odd. And it you know, I think what this really speaks to so deeply is like forgetting the details for yeah. a second, which are hilarious. Playing Sonic oh, yeah. the Hedgehog for fifteen hours a day <laughs> yeah, in my yeah. head, getting um, those rings. Sonic two just in the casino. Just uh, the casino level, just just rolling those rings, baby. See, I like to think he's playing like a really bad game. He's playing like Game and Watch on my Game Boy. <laughs> he's playing those little handheld games where it just like light. There's no actual <laughs> movement. It's just lighting up different things. <laughs> he he's uh he's just playing quarters. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah. Go go ahead, bring so this home because I, I think this is important. I think the thing is, is like it. It's, it's what's so weird about this is that it speaks to that like Christians can't deal with sex. It must be hidden and fetishized because what it, it, because you can't struggle with it or have any relationship to it like a normal person or you're not saved or God yeah, can't love yeah. you. And, it's and, not a part of life. It's not even part of like what could be arguably a struggle. It is just or something you deal with. It must be a symptom of your soul. Yes, that uh, for you to be having these issues necessitates that you were not, in fact, saved. Yeah. Because if you were saved, then you could be, be have overcome them already. And by extension, I guess Christians just can't struggle with anything. Ever. Just period. Yeah. Life, life must be a... Uh... A, a chain of flowers. That's uh, I I repray the sinner's prayer every time I fail to open a jar of pickles, which is pretty frequently because I am very weak and eat a lot of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> that so might like, be why okay. you're weak. You should get some protein in your diet. Yeah, fuck off. I, I, I have my beautiful pickle babies. Let's 
not just trust James, though. James is just a guy with a website devoted to jerking off. Not. James is just a guy with a porn site. Yeah, just a, <laughs> just a guy with a, a site obsessed with pornography that somehow is not pornography. Uh, I was very disappointed go, when I initially found it. Let me tell let's, you. Go to one, let's go to one of the heroes of our faith. Mm. John Piper. Yes. Shitty Friend Christian's pod, fave. Yeah. Problematic fave. John Piper, the man that taught us Tiny that coronavirus <laughs> was our fault because because of porn, I think. I think our sexual That's sin. right. I think he did say that. Yeah. Uh, keeping it excessively normal. Zach, you found this clip and sent it to me. And at the beginning, I was just like, why Why are you sending me this clip of this like aged turtle sort of mawing at a microphone for five minutes? But it really did get there. Zach, walk me through this video. So John Piper, he is just talking about, and his thesis for this clip is, you are not addicted to pornography. Okay. Correct. Fine. My favorite thing, too, is he doesn't talk about pornography. He talks about temptation to look at some nudity online. <laughs> Which, to be fair... I'm not sure John Piper is aware that pornography exists. He may have just figured out that you can Google boobs. He might be the only guy I kind of trust to not be watching a ton of porn. Yeah, the John, way he John Piper. That. John Piper is too busy looking at like ancient cave paintings to get himself off to ever know that. Like, <laughs> hey, look, that buffalo, real thick. Okay, all right. So then he says, though, you need what you need is self control. And, yeah. and it takes a turn. Piper's whole thing is like, hey, man, you're not addicted. You just need the right incentive. Yeah. If you were in a situation <laughs> where the stakes were properly understood, you wouldn't open that incognito tab. So, like, what example does he give, Zach? He, he, he goes, an example we can all relate yeah, to. A, a totally normal thing that happens. He goes, so you're trying to resist this temptation yeah. to look at some boobs. And then... To resist this temptation, a black-hooded ISIS member drags your best friend or spouse into the room. When you believe you cannot resist the temptation to look at some nudity online, and suddenly a black-hooded ISIS member drags your best friend or your spouse into the room, with a knife at his throat or her throat and says, if you look at that website, I will slit this throat. I love that it's either or. <laughs> I, <laughs> love, I love it. Just It's a little bit of inclusion. Your when childhood you have favorite, favorite casu- animal. <laughs> your casual uh, Islam- Islamophobia. Yeah, yeah. A black hooded ISIS member. Okay, bro. And then puts a knife at their throat. Yeah, and says, is... if you look at this website, I will slit their throat. I will slit <laughs> this throat. If you click that tab, I will slit this throat. This is one of the most famous Christians with a million Twitter followers talking about porn. Yeah, this this man is keeping it exceedingly normal. Also, I guess in this occasion, ISIS is doing the work of the Lord. <laughs> ISIS is. Like, ISIS God. is your internet filter? Like, <laughs> uh, Let me tell you this. ISIS is your accountability partner? <laughs> uh, ISIS really cares about your heart. Yeah, ISIS wants to lead you away from temptation. This is not the only place where John Piper and ISIS overlap. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Essentially the exact same take on gender roles. <laughs> <laughs> what I, what's important here? Hit me. Let's move out of the specific. Hit me harder. Okay. All right. I'm going to bring in an hey, ISIS member. There's been member. a lot of poor talk. <laughs> What's important to highlight here 
is that like it can never be cool. Like he starts out with kind of a normal thing. Yeah. It's not an addiction. Bro, okay, cool. Down. Yeah. And then he's like, it basically is life or death. Yeah. Like the you're stakes... not addicted, but you will fucking lose your entire soul yeah. if you look You'll at these. You'll kill tits. your spouse or best friend. Like you think that. <laughs> Because, okay, maybe this is the space for it, maybe not. But, like, the actual I solution actually, yes. to dealing with these issues is, like, go get a fucking life. <laughs> but that's kind of it. One of the things we didn't talk about with James earlier is that oh, yes. James talked about being, like, 18, 19 and coming into his house. And his parents were watching Deal or No Deal, yes. the NBC classic. James, it, James and his Deal or No Deal fetish. I went home. And I remember I walked in the living room and my family sadly was watching, there's some TV show Deal or No Deal and there's supermodels on it. And I, I looked for one second and I saw a model and all these thoughts of lust flooded my mind and I went back to my room. One second of Deal or No Deal yeah. triggered him into a pornographic erectile rage. Oh yeah, no, he was, he smashed the door open with his penis. Like it just, <laughs> it's, these people don't know how to engage with women as anything other than objects. This is a, more than about pornography. This is about you looking at women as just fuck jars, dude. Yeah, about the only relationship that you can have with sexuality is compulsive, yep. is objectifying, and, and is just... I can't imagine how twisted up and how unhealthy a conception of sexuality you have that you can't fucking see like NBC. a girl holding a briefcase on NBC. Okay, okay. All right, the briefcase. It's a trigger. It's a well-known trigger, <laughs> yeah, all right? Yeah. What's in the briefcase? Is it boobs? With its extra boobs? You don't know. That would be know. amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. It's just like, hey, listen, it's a large flat titty. <laughs> it's a briefcase-shaped tit. <laughs> It could be anything, Michael. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's covered. John Piper doubling down on the like punitive life mm -hmm. or death stakes of this thing, yeah. I think really gets to the crux of this, which yeah. is that like pornography is not and has never been the issue. No, not even a it little bit. It is a symptom of purity culture yep. that exactly. creates an incredibly unhealthy Christian conception of sexuality that not only, you know, we haven't even really gotten to this. We sort of accepted this on mm -hmm. its own terms of heterosexual men. Oh, yeah, of but course. But like, not only is deeply exclusionary of every other type of person that mm -hmm. exists, you know, all women, they don't <laughs> deal with these issues. Like, they always talk about like lust for women existing as like a thing that happened to them twice. Like, oh, yeah. And because they were in, like, emotionally dire circumstances. Yeah, or, like... Like, their husband had been ignoring them Yeah, they Magic Mike came on NBC again. NBC, the real NBC evil here. NBC is the real uh, evil. Purity culture is the crux. It is this, like, putting not just the pussy, but the dick on the pedestal. Yeah, it's all on pedestals. It's, it's putting everything on pedestals. It's the same reason why you have articles. And we haven't read one on this podcast, but we will. Don't worry. Like, why Christians have written 100 articles about why women shouldn't wear yoga pants. Oh, it is God. this really... Christians, the, the deep theology of Lululemon. Like, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> I can't wait for that article. But yeah. But, like, it's this... What it is, is it is just this really unhealthy and objectifying relationship with bodies, with sex, with normalcy, and with respect. And it is just... It's the side of purity culture that isn't just stay pure. It is, like, all about the objectification of the other. Absolutely. And let me just say that, like, we have really seen the failure 
of purity culture in the last handful of years. Oh, like, yeah. Like, one, we have all of the people that have been, you know, deeply wounded by that, like, 90s mm-hmm. era. You yeah. know, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, all that shit. And it abandons them to an ethic of sexuality totally divorced from scripture. Yep. You lose the ability to, like, have any say in what a healthy sexuality should look like for men and women in the faith when you the only thing you can offer them is like judgment and absurd list of rules like, an isis member yeah, a yeah. porn hating isis member is behind every door i mean listen all i'm saying is that a lot of my friends got their throats cut that's all that's all i'm saying sorry yeah, the police Zach. are really interested in that michael <laughs> they can talk to the black hooded isis member <laughs> And God. Oh, God. <laughs> and that black-hooded ISIS member was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> These things are actually related to our focus on the family article. It's always this extension. Yeah. Men are like this. Women are like this. Men struggle with porn because women are like this. And women have to act this way because men struggle with porn. This is all tied into this really poisonous culture of gender and sex that ultimately is about control yeah it's it's about control it's about uh preserving the patriarchy whether intentionally or not i genuinely don't know but like keeping people feeling terrible yeah and i do think that ultimately that if you're spending a lot of time telling somebody they have a problem and specifically creating that problem and then Mm -hmm. you claim to have the solution that is absolutely control i think the church can just speak to problems that exist but this is a situation when the church constructs a problem and then claims to be the solution which is really really ugly there are enough problems in the world without this so true you've heard of catholic guilt this is evangelical guilt uh no it just it sucks it sucks because like people need to be cared for in this in this realm and uh instead we're doing damage classic classic shitty christians zach where can people find you (laughs) <laughs> people can find me at zachary underscore allard on twitter you can find me at michael Tamer, and you can follow the pod at shitty underscore pod check out our porn addiction testimonials at allbehonest.com <laughs> we we should shoot one a fake one we should definitely shoot one for shitty christians that would be extremely <laughs> funny uh with that this has been shitty christians thank you guys so much for listening and if i could ask you to do two things it's Go attack a federal courthouse in Portland Mm -hmm. and rate and review us on iTunes.